0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Tacticam. Tacticam is by far the easiest way to begin filming your hunts. Whether it's the 4K, 5.0, or the budget-friendly solo, Tacticam has something for everyone. Check them out at Tacticam.com. This year, we're also working with Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge is machine learning for the deer woods. Basically, Spartan Forge takes collared deer studies, insurance car deer accident information, social media geolocations, and it couples that with weather, moon face, and rut activity to tell you when or when not to be in the woods. This currently has an online interface at spartanforge.ai, but the app is currently being built and set to launch late summer. Once the app goes live, you can expect there to be a price increase, but if you use code bowhunter, you can save 25% and that will stick with you as long as you use the Spartan Forge services. So head on over to spartanforge.ai and get your free 14 day trial. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. This one is going to be fun. Um, you know this this product when I first saw it, I thought, "Man, this thing looks ridiculous!" Like we get into it on the podcast, and Dane is a, an incredibly good sport and uh, completely understands everything surrounding, um, you know, his Dryad saddle and and what's going on with it. Um, such a fun podcast, lots of laughs, uh, some great information and uh, we just kind of go through you know for guys that are on the fence about any sort of saddle hunting we just kind of talk about the saddle hunting as a whole and then you know his product and all of you know the scrutiny and everything surrounding it and um you know we don't necessarily want to do a lot of we've got a bunch coming up and things like that on products but it's you know it's products with guys that we've talked to guys that um you know, that aren't going to be like a hard sell. Uh, but this one is like a, you know, rather polarizing product because I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw it, I was like, this thing is ridiculous looking. Um, there's no way. And I mean, we talk about it in the podcast, but, you know, but, you know, it's just a really fun conversation. Dane is a great guy and uh, a lot of laughs. And, you know, we mentioned a lot of our, our Patreons in here and uh, uh, th- I know that they're going to get some some last out of this too. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, you know, I mentioned Patreon. We got a new Patreon, um, this, this week, uh, Mark hersvelt um, he runs the Instagram DIY bow hunting and he does a ton of, uh, 3d printed, um, you know, anything. Um, I think he does some, hunting style stuff. Um, he makes some really nice, really affordable, uh, camera arms. Um, he's made me some camera mounts. He's made, um, all of the stuff that I use, uh, for my tactic cam, uh, to get a different angle on the bow. Um, but he's been a real great resource for me, um, to go to, to say, Hey, can you make this for me? Um, you know, I just give him like a an off the wall idea. We talked a little bit about it on the the episode that we did a while back with Austin uh, from Genesis 3D printing, but Mark is an incredible guy and uh, he signed up for for Patreon. It sounds like mainly because of uh, what we're doing with, uh, I just posted a a picture on Instagram with a ton of saddles. So I think we've got 11 different saddles and uh, you know, for the Patreons, if those guys want to try them out or if there's something that you're on the fence about, you want some information. Uh, I can walk it through, walk you through it. I can send it out to you. You can sit in them and give it a whirl and send it back. And uh, you know anything that we can do to help the Patreons out um, is something that we certainly want to do. Um, they're what support the show. Patreon is a crowdfunding for creators, so uh, basically uh, they donate a bit of money every single week or week, I wish, uh, every single month uh, to us to help uh, for hosting costs, equipment, uh, everything that we've got going on, and um, anything that's left over, uh, we put right back into giveaways and, um, you know, being able to send this stuff out. Uh, and then we send them, uh, said mark out a shirt, and sticker pack, and some koozies and stuff. Um, you guys can check that out at uh, patreon.com forward or Chronicles podcast. We got a link on our website bornerchronicles.com or um, there's a link on in our Instagram. Uh, but we do all sorts of giveaways. We just gave away a B stand. we gave away some um, a tacticam. We are partnered with Base map and Spartan Forge. And uh, they give away subscriptions. And base map has got some incredible things that are coming up. So um, keep an eye on that. We're going to have a podcast with Ed uh, coming up. But base map just continues to evolve. Um, probably the most valuable, uh, the best value in online mapping. And tons and tons of layers, I can't say it enough. We did that podcast with Mark Levsey And, um, you know, there's so many layers to go through, especially sitting in front of the computer. It's $30 for the entire year. You can use code CHRONICLES and save uh, 20%. So it ends up being $24 for the year. Uh, so $2 a month for the entire country. And uh, it's just, just a great value. But this quarter, uh, we're doing... Uh, giveaway. Um, we've had those tethered one sticks, uh, trying to figure out a way to give those away. So we're going to give away another saddle package this quarter coming up with the tethered one sticks that they sent us, um, to do the podcast on and check out. Um, we're going to do, uh, one of the new latitude, method saddles or method XL depending on you as a person and I'm going to tell you I've got their new classic I hunted out of their classic last year uh, among uh, you know tons of other saddles as well and I was not a big fan of the two panel just because in the dark you know everything's all fine and dandy when you're ready to go out there Uh, but at least for me when I come back from hunting everything comes off and I just throw it in a tote and then I organize it for the next time well That two panel saddle ended up in a ball and it was like trying to undo fishing line in the morning, um, with the, with the original method. Um, and that's just because I'm not meticulous with my gear, but the way that they've got the new one set up with the magnets, um, it's awesome. Um, so we're going to give away one of those with a set of the tethered sticks and, um, I was trying to figure out, I said, maybe we'll give away one of the XOP uh, platforms because I want to check one of those out. But I'm going to give away one of the EDP platforms. I've I've handled that. Um, They're really nice. Made in the USA by Novix. Um, So we'll round it out, and we're going to bastardize the complete uh, saddle community by doing Latitude, Tethered, and Trophy Line in one giveaway once again. Um, And then we'll do, um, I'll have to look and see what we're giving away from Tacticam. Um, you know, we just gave away uh one of the fisheye camera packages, I believe. I don't want to speculate, I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, but we'll be giving away something from Tacticam, we'll be giving away a base map package. Spartan Forge is getting ready to launch their app, and I'm very, very, very excited for that. Um, I've seen screenshots, I've talked to Bill on um, what's coming. Uh, what improvements over the website um it sounds like um, the website was kind of just a placeholder kind of proof of concept and um the app has a ton more information uh as well as functionality and if you're not familiar with Spartan Forge um they're building a neural network um on deer movement based on your geographical location so you heard it a little bit in the intro and um, Basically, you can go on there and it's more than just a farmer's almanac or uh, somebody's thumb in the air saying "This is what we've seen um, you know millions upon millions of data points and everything um, going into you know thirty years of weather data all crunched into this machine that thinks as close to um, uh, a human brain to analyze all that information and say this is where the deer are going to be on this day uh, under these conditions. Um, So you can check that out at Spartanforge.ai. We're giving away one of their uh, packages as well and if you want to go sign up right now before the app comes out um, it's $15 a year. That price is going to be going up. You can sign up with code Bow Hunter for 25% off, and uh, that will stick with you for as long as you are using the app or using their services. Uh, so that price will be grandfathered in. Um, and then we're going to give away some uh, zinger fletchings, uh, just great guys out of southern Michigan, um, compression fletchings uh, on your arrows. Shot them at Total Archery Challenge, love those. Um, John even came around on those. So I feel like we're making strides, uh, but I'm happy with them. I'm going to be shooting them this year and uh, we'll give away a set of those as well. So, all that, you can check that out at uh, patreon.com forward slash Bowen Chronicles Podcast and uh, lots of other stuff. If you go to the Patreon um, website and go look up border Chronicles Podcast, the other uh, Marco Polo group and the other things that we have, you can check that out there. Um, thanks again to Mark and all the Patreons that helped us out. But Um, thank you for listening. I know you're going to enjoy this podcast because I laugh as I'm editing. I laugh when I'm putting it up here. Um, just thinking about it. Dane's a great guy. And, uh, if you're on the fence or you're like thinking this thing is just a joke, um, give the podcast a listen and just give it a chance. Um, but thanks for listening. Uh, and we appreciate any feedback. Leave us a review. Um, Shoot us a message, uh, tell us what we can do better, and uh, enjoy the episode. All right, everybody, Adam and John back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. And tonight, surprisingly enough, we're going to be talking a little bit more saddle hunting. John, do you feel like we've become like a saddle hunting podcast? Pretty much. Now, do you think that that's a bad thing?
1: No, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean... Tree stands been around forever, so we can't we can't talk about them anymore. I mean, now saddles are out and they're the hot ticket item. We just gotta get more people into them, So And so tonight we're talking with Dane Waldman, and you may
0: have seen Dane and what I thought was well, we'll get we'll get into that here in just a second, but uh it, Dane has is the mind behind the the dryad saddle. And so that, um, is what I would say, you know, I generally describe saddles, obviously there's one piece and two piece, there's a a minimalist kind of style. And then there is like a hammock style. And I think this takes the hammock style to the, the next, next level. So, um, I'd almost say cocoon style, (laughs) but, uh, so how are you doing tonight, Dane?
2: I'm good, man. I, well, the kids are still running around,
0: but I'm trying to get them
2: cooped up. So if you hear them jump in here into the garage and start yelling, don't uh, don't get too angry at me. <laughs> but I'm doing pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's a that's part of the game. We've had kids <laughs> on here, dogs, the, everything <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. can imagine. So yeah. So uh, what's your story? You know, let's let's hear the the backstory on like your hunting style, like growing up as a as a young man, and and kind of progressing to where you're at today, as far as just, just hunting in general.
2: Yeah. So, uh, my da- I grew up archery hunting with my dad. He gave me, uh, he had me shooting since I was a very young, since I can remember, uh, shooting a little recurve, uh, a little bear recurve. And dad eventually progressed to become, he was no, he never, he never rifle hunted. Um, it was all bow all the time. And he eventually progressed to a compound and we progressed with him as kids. And, uh, you know, it was, that was it, man. We, we were just diehard bow hunters and I kind of remain that way to this day. Uh, I will rifle hunt, but I much more prefer, uh, bow and it's been, I don't know how long now. Uh, I kind of fell out of hunting and I traveled around a lot and I've recently got back into it. It's been, I guess it's been Seven years now, maybe a little more than that, that I've started h- back into hunting. And uh, that's a, right when I kind of re entered hunting. Um, I, that's when I was introduced to saddles by my brother. My brother actually was one of the guys back when Arrow Hunter was a new tribe uh, and they released the Arrow Hunter. My, one of my, my brother, he, uh, he was one of the pre orders for the first saddle. He was in that like old, I don't know if you remember it, Adam, how far back you go with it. But there was a thread on Archery Talk that, um, that kind of was like the seed almost for this kind of modern like market that got created. Um, and they, you know, petitioned New Tribe and, um, he got on the pre order list and then he showed me and I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is genius. Yeah. And I bought one immediately and, you know, been saddle hunting since.
0: So what made you think it was genius like from the get go? Cause I'm not that. F- Far back, as far as like looking at it on the like the archery talk or any of that, I'm not a big forum guy. Uh, mm-hmm. But I remember like the back of Outdoor Life in the the ad section, the Anderson Tree Sling and the guy with the silhouette like hanging up there. And I always just thought, and I it, you know I I looked into him and it was just webbing and stuff. And I was like, that just looks like a pain in the ass. So what? For you <laughs> n- made it made it like genius.
2: Well, I'm a, I'm a real small guy and so is my brother. And and we're, we, we are like genetically, we're just kind of fit and big, big tree stands for me. Um, you know, hauling a, hauling a climber on a back of a frame of a, I'm four, five foot four, 125 pounds. I'm a tiny guy, you know? So if you can imagine being a tiny guy carrying a a stand that's, you know, 25 pounds and all the weights, you know, can it out back and is wanting to pull you back. It's not something that you think is great, <laughs> you know, uh, running through the woods or something like that. So when you see something super compact, um, and also kind of is, I used to rock climb a lot with my brother as well back in, uh, when, when I was in college and it just kind of brought, you know, rock climbing that I was used to into hunting in a, in a nice little package. And also just when I saw that you could be, You could set yourself up behind the tree and still be able to maneuver and take your shots. Um, and me being a small guy with the ring of steps, that's my preferred method is a ring of steps. I like, I just, I don't know. I just like the whole package. And when I saw it, I just, it just clicked to me immediately. I was like, Oh yeah, that's, that's it.
0: Interesting. I mean, it's, it's funny because like for us, I feel like, we are just fortunate enough to have had the you know we don't have decades of saddle hunting experience, uh-huh. but we have experience with damn near every saddle out there right. um from seeking out and trying them over the past i think four years now mm-hmm. um this would be the fourth year saddle hunting and in in doing so, like John was a detractor at the beginning um you know, in in just by by looking at it, the, but it seems like the guys that are like were the early adopters are just like you in a sense is that they're like these little tiny guys. Like there's one of our friends, Tim Clark. You know, I always give him. Well, <laughs> even John Eberhardt. I mean, he's not a big guy either. I mean, yeah,
2: yeah, John's small. That's true.
0: But I mean, I joke around with Tim that he can just put like one of the. Like the saddle pouches on his back, and like we were talking about, he buys full length arrows and cuts them in half. I mean, cause <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: me, dude. That's me. <laughs>
0: so, uh, it, I guess I never looked at it from that perspective. And I mean, John, you're basically twice his size. Yeah, I mean, 6'3",
1: 240
0: right now. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I, I mean, I, I I think of our my brother in law Chris when he's just fumbling around with the climber. I mean, he's he's a big around as he is tall, but I mean, he's always had a, oh, we've always just hunted for the climbers, you know? So it was, Mm -hmm. I think it was making that change. So what kind of areas were you hunting? Like, were were you going way back in even at that time that it was a necessity? Uh, Well, just in in the hunting, like as you were hunting at that time, when you saw this saddle and you said, that's the ticket.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. I've always been, well in in the early years when i was younger dad was basically it was basically you know dad brings you to a tree and sticks you in a tree and says hunt you know and he he was just that type of guy uh, it wasn't like here's how to do it it was like here's here do it <laughs> uh, so there wasn't much back then but uh, but when i you know back when i first got into the saddle hunting yeah um basically i go as far as i need to i will i will go and i'll scout and i'll scout and i'm i'm real I'm because I, again, it's just my body style. It's just my type. I'm a very athletic fellow and I like to move and stay, you know, stay moving. Um, which also was another reason why that drew me to the package. It's less, com- you know, it's less compact, even if the weight was the same, if it's more compact for me, then, you know, it, it, it it's going to be a better system for me. So yeah, even back then, you know, it was uh, a lot of shaking and moving a lot of just moving around the woods as much as possible. And, and when you're hauling a, you know, a climber like that and being a five foot four guy, you know, it just, it,
0: it's a really big deterrence for you. Sure. And so then what was your progression in the saddle hunting space?
2: Uh, You mean like product wise?
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, so it started with the originally tribe. um, And I had that for a long time, went to the Evo and then went to uh, custom making my own saddles. And that's when I just, you know, quit. I mean, it was uh, what basically what happened was I saw I saw what Tether and was offered I, back when Tether first started. There was um, there was a time period when they I can't remember exactly what happened, but there was like some leaked photos or the website went live early for some reason. And people noticed and I got sent word of it. And so sad, I saw it and I was like, that's a pretty cool design and sat down and sewed it out. And, uh, it, and I hunted out of that, uh, I guess a season, maybe two. I can't, can't even remember now. Um, my days get so lost, but yeah, I mean, it was, it, it's, I've never been a kind of guy that just, you know, tries everything. I find something that works. Um, and if I can DIY it, I'll DIY it. And if I can make it for myself, because, you know, generally what you'll find too, being a small guy, I'm so small that I end up being um, between a boy's size large and a men's size small. I'm like right in that gap right there. And it's a real pain in the butt because it's hard to find anything for my size. So when a saddle manufacturer makes a size small or it's a small medium, you know what I mean? So it doesn't really fit for me. um, Any of the any of the saddles that I've tried are just they're just big you know, and they they don't fit.
0: And so now we'll, I guess, fast forward a little bit to, you know, you start making your own saddles and um, how does it become a company or how are you offering them to other people? And I don't think, I mean, I guess, John, you can attest to this too, is like, I wouldn't say that the saddle that, that you're making those dry ads um mm-hmm. are made for like small people I, th- I think anybody could sit in it and it will fit you know any size person up to like a gargantuan person <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well, that's like the that's part of the reason
2: that i brought it to market because it i don't know i mean it it's it solves that issue of sizability you know i mean I mean, of course, there are limitations, especially on the harness side, because there's a harness that kind of is everything is built around. Right. Um, so there are limitations on that side trying to make it a one size fits all. And I've struggled and tried um, and I, I got pretty close. And then I don't know if you've kept up with any of our stuff, but we've had to offer lines loops on it. And that's brought its own kind of little limitation. So I am kind of like running up into these walls trying to listen to f- customer feedback um, on the harness side. But as far as the hammock, you're right. I mean, it's, um, though there are guys like John, like 6'3, um, who are, they're not able to get the hammock material fully into cocoon mode, like all the way up over their head. They can get it like maybe to the crown or a little past the crown, 6'3, six, 6'4 six, guys, but I've responded to that. I've added a little more fabric to the top, so that's no longer an issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, the, the, that was, that was one of the reasons that I brought it to market because it, Anybody can sit in this thing. I mean, uh, yeah, just everybody.
0: So you and I talked before, and, and you had told me a little bit about, you know, your process in, in making this thing. So for guys, and it was one of the things that I asked you, like, straight away is, you know, because it is such a hot market, and it is, um, you know, I, I guess I just feel like there's a lot of guys that are just... You know, they can sew, they hunt, and they see all these saddles that are out of stock, and they're just kind of making something to sell, mm-hmm. to get in and get out and and, and make money, right? Um, and ultimately, when you bring a product to market, you're trying to get, you know, there's a monetary, um, I, I guess, end point, you know, yeah. at some point. of course, of
2: course.
0: You know, so, I'm, I mean, I'm not... Um, uh, I guess pointing fingers and say like you shouldn't be in it to make money, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, because you, you you wouldn't do it. I, I think right. You're yeah, would. you wouldn't gonna, have saddles. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to go into a, a losing venture. Um, yeah, but I guess how did your product like progress from something you were making for yourself all the way to you know having to have a pro staff and have other people help you figure it out and and bringing it to market. Well,
2: Man, it's been like, I don't know, it's weird, Adam. It's, it's been like this thing that just kind of took its own, like it kind of came into its own existence. Um, my buddy Jason kind of had the idea. Um, and then we just kind of iterated on it and I was like, well, I don't want to have to wear this harness that I made myself, this saddle that I made myself, which was kind of a rip off of Tether's, Um, if not, you know, almost exact, uh, to be honest. And, so I said, well, why do I have to wear this? uh Why do I have to wear this saddle and then put the hammock on over it? Let's let's try to let's try to make something that works like maybe we can buy an off the shelf solution. And it was like, well, OK, the, we got to have a way to like attach the hammock to the, you know, to it. And then it just I don't know, it just started like this idea became this idea, became this idea. And it kind of just turned into this. um you know, self-contained little unit that kind of integrates all together. And then we started seeing these pieces, like the accessories, like the underquilt and all these little ideas, like the reason I called it the Dre, actually, and I'm I'm working on getting this to the market. Um and it's being a little bit of a pain point for me, a little bit of struggle, but um is a I called it the Dre. And a Dre is a squirrel's nest, right? And so my my vision for this product is a, a mobile hunting blind in the tree, and that would in- include an accessory that clips in like the underquilts. I don't know if you're familiar, if you've seen that on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it will clip in like the underquilt will, be, but it'd be a 3D leafy mesh uh, material that encases you um and you could cocoon into a squirrel's nest, if that makes sense. So we started seeing all these accessories and all these little things that we could do, and we, we kind of like saw the potential for like this whole other avenue that like the other market is just like beating this dead horse of a saddle that you know like you said people see a vacuum in the market and go oh well i can make a buck off of this right Mm -hmm. so i saw the same thing but i'm you know i I, it's not something i wouldn't have come to market with a regular old saddle that's just not what i wanted would want to do I am kind of just one of those guys that likes to be different. I don't know. You know, you know who I'm talking about? Like I'm one of those guys <laughs> and it's obvious I'm one of those guys. And, uh, you know, so when this thing kind of came into existence by itself, like I said, it was just a fun little iteration. And then, and then I went, you know what? This is a really cool product. This is a hot market. Um, there is potential to go uh, for money to be made, of course. Um, but it's not easy. I'll tell you that anybody who thinks like actually like making this website, doing all the pictures and, you know, doing all the business side of things, customer service. I mean, there's so much involved with this stuff. It's not like it's a cakewalk, you know what I mean? It's not It's not a guaranteed success either, especially when you're bringing a new product that's completely different um, to the market. Because I don't know if you paid attention to Facebook if you're on there or not, but it's just like, it's like a, it's a dumpster fire of people just hating on my product, you know? <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I'm not concerned with it, but, um, you know, it's just one of the things that, that's there. Uh, maybe that answers that question. Sorry, i tangent, tangented probably.
0: Oh, no, that's fine. And I mean, to that point, like I said, I've, I before this, like I'm going to bust your balls because like the first time, like I, I don't know if it was the day that you like posted and went live on Facebook or whatever, but like folks, if you haven't seen this picture, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you know, Dane's in this the saddle and it it's a hammock it's it's huge but he is wearing like almost a flesh colored shirt so it it looks like he's naked at least from the waist up and it looked to me like it was like a parody of like all these hunting products and stuff and then it was like i can't i can't believe this and then i'm thinking like people are minimalist but that's crazy like I'm not, like put on a shirt, dude. Like, and, you know, it, it was like, it, there was so much into it. And then, you know, we've got our Patreons and our Marco Polo group. And then as soon as that went live, they're like, it's just like, bam, 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 notifications. Like, have you guys seen this thing? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, hell no, no way. And I went on there and I'm like, you know, I try all the saddles, but I'm like, this one, I think I might have to pass on It's You know, there's something to... You know, and then like literally that same day, like some of our other patreons that were coming up to the Bowman's Club to check out some of the other stuff, they're like, "Hey, we're on the pro staff for these this dryad saddle. You want to check one out?" And I was like, I had to like be like, er, "Like holy shit! Like I'll try one out." And <laughs> from my perspective, and like <laughs> who was I uh, like Tory? Um, you know they. Uh, after talking with you after the fact um they had kind of bastardized your saddle because the, yeah. the the belt was just clipped <laughs> into the just clipped onto the the tether and i'm like well this is pretty comfortable it's cool but like it doesn't seem very safe because if right. this material would i mean that's what's supporting me at this point so that it essentially well i guess um well to go back on that. So after sitting in it, it was, it was fairly comfortable. And I could see from my perspective, the fact that it, it basically rolls up. I don't know what it weighs, but I I can just think of like, one of my wife's like small little clutch deals that goes on a belt. Like, Mm -hmm. and so John and I have talked and I've talked with Frank and Ernie about like for bringing it, a saddle elk hunting, like, um, to do, to do something like that, um, it seems like it would be nice to have. And Frank is, you know, talking to, <laughs> Frank, my father-in-law, uncle Frank for the show, you know, he's talking about, you know what guys, I'm changing up my whole hunting setup this year. I'm going to build a chair that hooks onto the backside of a tree and I'm just going to hide behind the backside of a tree so that I, and I'm just going to hunt from the ground. So I don't have to carry a climber. And I'm yeah. like, well you realize that you could just do that with, with all these saddles that we have. You know. Um <laughs> and and, then you wouldn't have your feet <laughs> you know on the ground. <laughs> and it was just funny to me, like that thought process. But like to me, that's where I was like, okay, wait a minute. The thing's pretty comfortable. Um we could put Frank in and he'll just sleep <laughs> all night. And, yeah. and it, yeah. But I'm like, ah, it didn't didn't really seem safe to me. Um And they're trying to explain to me, and that was during the point where you're trying to figure out the lineman's loop. So we were talking about, you know, how it hooks up and everything. So can you go through like that portion of it, like the packability, uh, the belt and the the safety measures? Yeah, sure. So that's funny
2: because you, after we had talked and you had said that about like Tori and those guys, I was like, oh yeah, I totally forgot that. It was really cool because those guys were some of the first orders that came in. And they are just like on the pulse, you know, they're keeping their finger on the pulse of what's going on in the market. And they saw it and they were they got real excited about it. And they just got it in and just completely like ripped everything apart. they were like, let's do this. Let's do that. let's." Do that. And I was it was really exciting because I was like, that's really cool, guys. They were doing some awesome stuff and playing around with it. And they've given me some such solid feedback. So big shout out to those guys, Tori, Ryan, uh, Saddle Hunter. Check out that guy um, Spencer of saddle hunting YouTube channel, um, and Austin of, of Genesis 3d printing all great guys. Um, and have been real fun to get to talk to. Uh, but as far as, yeah, as far as the safety is concerned. So Tori had, I think taken off maybe the Amsteel, um, that was on the D ring. Yeah. Um, and so the, the whole idea, the whole idea is to have the harness as the central, um, your primary line, uh, that is, if it were to fail or not it the hammock, if the hammock were to fail, its bridge or its material were to fail, you'll always be backed up um, to that same carabiner um, or to another carabiner and a Prusik or a, a, any type of friction hitch or mechanical ascender that you wanted to use. Um, there's kind of multiple ways you could configure this thing. Um, and that's one of the wonderful things, I think, about the product. But um, everything kind of is based on that D-ring. Um, that's on the belt. It's a Cobra Australpin belt uh, buckle that is highly load rated. The military uses it. There's military guys buying this product for me and they're like, man, I love that buckle. We we use that in every mission I was ever on and I put my life on the line for it. And it's really cool to get feedback and stuff like that because I was kind of worried that guys would be a little hesitant to trust their life to a buckle because nobody else on the market is solely relying on their primary backup to be the buckle. You know what I mean? Everybody is usually the bridge to the lines uh, or to the bridge loops. Um, every other saddle on the market. So it's been pretty exciting to see that. That was one of my concerns that hasn't hasn't really come to fruition. So uh, the so it all revolves around that am steel off the D ring um, and it clips into a carabiner, which clips into your tether, um, which clips in you know which is girth to the tree. So the the hammock rides on the belt of the belt the the belt of that buckle. Um, and inside its own little self-contained package and it will slide around it. So, um, even if you're a bigger guy or a smaller guy and you adjust the belt, you can still move that pouch around. You can, uh, and when you go to deploy, you can shift it over to your hip and open it up and, um, shift it back to the center of your back. And when it deploys, it's attached to the pouch. So it comes out, um, and you clip it into the carabiner that your main line is connected into your primary line, your tether. And, um, yeah, it all kind of just integrates and sits there together. But like you said, it, it, it's really packable and it's, I mean, it's, I forget it's on, it's a fanny pack. It's literally a fanny pack, you know, with a cool buckle basically. It's <laughs> is what, is what it is. Um, and you know, it, it's about without the lines and sleeps that I offer now, it's about a pound and 12 to 14 ounces depending on which one I pull off the shelf. Um, so it's super lightweight. And the pouch just kind of rides on your back or on your hip or wherever you want it to sit it. And uh, like I said, I just forget that the thing is even on when I'm walking through the woods.
1: Yeah, I tried one. Of, so
0: someone, I can't remember. So, so yeah, th- I was going to, like, that's how I was going to transition into this because, like, you talked about Ryan and Tori and, and, and Austin. Those were all the guys that I was at the, the club you know, l- looking at saddles and stuff and they were yeah. all at the, uh, uh, they, I don't think they Tori was there, but Spencer was at the, the teaching train that we did with tethered at our Bowman's club. And, um, all those guys were, were there. So they're completely absorbed into this, but so up at the total archery challenge, John had never seen one of these saddles and Ryan came up there and it was, I mean, you want to talk about guys being like on the pulse or like, like Ryan was like doing like an infomercial yeah. for this and like people are walking by and they're like, is this your company? Like, is this your product? And then John gets in it and, and you know, Ryan's showing it off and all this stuff. And, you know, we're at the Total Archery Challenge so, and we're right like where we do our, you know, where we have our condo is like right in the main walkway. So there must've been, you know, 50 people walk by, like looking at like, what is going on over here? but. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so he's like, "Here, you need to try this out." So I put it on, and, and I, I mean, it weighed nothing. Like, I couldn't even tell it was there. I mean, right. and, which reminds, like, if you want, if Joe Rogan was to become a saddle hunter, he's a panty he pack guy. He'd uh, wear it. Yeah, he
2: would totally wear it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, you get Joe Rogan. Send him, send him one, and you'll sell out in a minute. But
2: uh, he'll be, yeah, he'll be done. He'll be like, "This is my saddle for life."
1: <laughs> but no, so. I got it, and yeah, I'm a skeptic. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm, all right, I'll try it out." And so I got in it, and you know he he showed me all the you know put the belt on, and then you know unzip or un, open up the pouch, and you know put it around you, and, and like you said, I got I fully cocooned, but it it did just stop like at the crown of my head. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't really. I, I don't think I would need it to go over my head all the way. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> unless I was right. sleeping up there, so I'm mosquitoes. But yeah, <laughs> but it was, it was surprisingly comfortable. I mean, and I have a bad back, and so it would be, you know, a nice feature to be able to completely, you know, secure yourself if you're got sitting in a long sit. But, but yeah, it was. I was I was surprised. You know.
2: Yeah, I think I think a lot of people were surprised, and it's funny because like. A lot of people in the early stages and and it's still even are guys with back problems. I got back problems myself, John, and it's this. That's one of the spurs that was like led to the creation of the product. Was I just I can't get? I've never been able to get fully comfortable in a in a traditional saddle. I don't I don't know. I mean I mean I, there's guys that do. There's guys that like love. Um, like I've got somebody who bought one and they were like, yeah. I think it's a fantastically real comfortable saddle. I'll probably use it for all day sits, but I'm going to stick with my traditional saddle for, you know, some, you know, morning sits or evening sits or whatever he's going to do, which blows my mind. I'm like, well, if it's comfortable enough to do all day sit, I don't know why I wouldn't wear it all the time, but, um, you know, to each their own. Uh, but I think it would surprise a lot of people how comfortable this thing really is. And maybe not though, because it is a hammock and you look at it and you go, Oh, um, you know, instead of, putting weight on a small surface area you're distributing it across this big piece of fabric and as long as you keep you know the uh, the the fabric you know it in, in that distributed like uh what's the word I'm looking for as long as you keep it distributed across a big a big thing of fabric i think just like a hammock you know you're not you can't really go wrong and i don't think you're going to be uncomfortable in it Um, there are some kinks to work out with in this and in every saddle because you're dealing with angles of a rope coming off a tree. Um, but it, and it takes a little massaging for some people, but, but I think it shines in the sit position and I'm a sitter myself. Um, and of course I'm going to be biased to this thing, but I, I can't see, I can't see being more comfortable lacking or barring maybe
0: a JX3. So, one of the questions, and Ryan had brought this up, and it wasn't something that I thought of um, as far as, like, what's the problems with it? Because I think, I mean, if if John and I are going to be the litmus test for, like, first impressions of this thing from online or from word of mouth or whatever, like, John was a late detractor to the traditional saddle. Mm-hmm. And so, he's like, Nah i'm good not wearing a diaper no. <laughs> and then and then you know you you see the photos online and you're like what the hell is this thing everybody and their brothers like now we got this thing. you know yeah, it's ridiculous yeah. and and what ryan was saying is a lot of people had questions about the noise factor i mean i guess once you get past the fact that okay it might be comfortable okay it's light maybe i Maybe I'll try it, like whatever, but you know what that damn thing that much material that big, like that, it has to be noisy. um what are you seeing from it from that perspective?
2: Well, feedback has told me nobody, not one person has got back a hold of me and said, "Hey, this thing's way too noisy um everybody has has said that i everybody who has had concerns with it being potentially noisy has contacted me and said, no, I, I don't think it's noisy. I have no issues with it. Um, it's the fabric that we ended up choosing is a, a pretty high quality. Um, well, I won't say pretty, it's, it's a really high quality uh, ripstop nylon. And they, they do something to the plastic when they make this nylon. And I think they, when they make the threads for it, they make them just insanely small diameter and when you stack that really small diameter um, plastic, at, at for some reason it makes it kind of soft. It's almost like, it's really almost like you're not feeling plastic. I mean, it it, it feels like, uh, a good example would be like a Prana, like uh, we were just talking about this, Prana Zion pants. Or any kind of like high-end nylon pant that you, like hunting pant. Like, uh, you know, First Light does a nylon pant. Everybody does a nylon pant. If you've got a nylon pant, go feel it, and that's what you're getting, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Like I say, from – I guess what do you say to the detractors other than, like, try it? So if we're talking to to Dane, the the salesman – Right, so <laughs> I'm not
2: that brother. I'm not that
0: <laughs> <laughs> well but I think I think the salesman the the devil's advocate, um all of those those things is i mean from from my perspective, looking at that saddle like it essentially has a built in backband, you've got like one of the issues with some of the other saddles. Um, that are on the market is if, and and John pointed this out to me, um, so wearing a saddle in, some of the saddles um, just have like, kind of like hot spots or points where, you know, there's a whole bunch of
1: stitching and things Mm -hmm. like that. Or heavy, heavy belts or bands. Yeah. And And so so you got to cinch it down so tight. For me, like having a bad back and everything, when I tighten the, a saddle down, especially a heavy one, I end up with my like my hip flexors start to hurt because I'm Mm -hmm. putting so much pressure on that in that region and just like I don't know if it cuts circulation off, it's just giving me like a cramp or what, but so I end up you know, I just pack it in then. You know, and then I mean that was one of the you know, the main things was like, well you can just put it on and wear it in, you don't know it's there. But if you if you have to tighten it up so much it's not falling down off your ass then and yeah, you start the point. right you get you know but you know my tethered saddle my phantom it's you know it's light enough and everything but that is one that i don't walk in with that but the trophy line i definitely didn't walk in with that because that thing was you know that thing's really big and kind we're of big mm-hmm. yeah, and, and that was
0: the, that wasn't the covert that was the original one the that original had a mm, you know a yeah. lot more um I don't know, issues than, than the newer ones. But Mm -hmm. like for me, I have my saddle set up so that, you know, doing self-filming, I've got my saddle on with, you know, my camera arm base in one of the pouches I've got, you know, my release, all my ropes, everything that I need on there. And I guess I didn't look at it as like what John was talking about, his hip flexor pain. I was just like getting fatigued, like, you know, my hips and my like, upper legs were just getting fatigued and i'm like my god like and john's like well that's why (laughs) i'm like well i guess that (laughs) makes sense but yeah
2: i've 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 never been like i i i could probably count on my hand how many times i've walked in to my tree with my like a traditional saddle on i just don't i just hate it i've always hated it and i never understood the market and how Like it's portrayed as that. I'm like, who does who does that? I don't understand. It's not comfortable. I throw it in a backpack. I'm always gonna have a backpack. I'm gonna throw in a backpack and I'll just do it at the tree stand, you know, at the tree. Like that's just been that's been my game. So, but there's a lot on the market that I think is like crazy. I'm like, I don't know the the dump pouches and stuff like that. That's one thing that I've never understood. All that weight dump pouches on the on the saddle and then you're wearing that thing in. I don't know. I could never get behind it.
0: Yeah. And, uh, but I think, I mean, it would, I, it would all go back to like your background. Like, I mean, for the saddle that I wear, the, I can see, I can see all the redundancies. Like I'm already have the backpack on. I can just throw the whole thing in the backpack. That's Uh what John does. I don't ever, I never thought that way. I'm like, Oh, look, this is. This is neat, but there is a bunch of guys in a, in a faction of guys that don't want to carry a backpack. So that's true. They, Very true. they say, and like, there's one of our, our guys, uh, patrons, who's like a diehard saddle hunter that like despises a backpack. And I, I even told him about this, like after I saw it and used it, I'm like, man, if you just want to wear this in and you want a belt to carry your stuff, this, I mean, is like the most non-traditional saddle yeah, part- in the world. And the the footprint that it has on your belt, if you're already wearing like a battle belt, I mean, it seems kind of like a no-brainer. Um, yeah. But you, you also, so, uh, I guess that being the case, there's also a way for you to wear this or to use the hammock in conjunction with a normal saddle. Like I know yeah. said that you didn't understand mm-hmm. it necessarily, but it is offered mm-hmm. as an option, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, you can. I mean, uh, it's, I've got a little kit. It's just a couple of G hooks that you can throw on, you know, onto the molly of a regular traditional saddle. As long as you've got molly on your saddle on the top, like where you're small, your small back would be, um, it, it'll work and um, it, it'll work with the pouch that I've made because I was getting questions from guys and I knew I would. Um, you know, can I attach this? Is there any way that I can use this with my saddle my saddle? And I thought, well, maybe there's a market there for it. So um, I, I threw that up on the website and I've sold a couple of them, but uh, most people have been buying just the full kit. They're really interested in the full integrated system, without, which I thought was uh, pretty cool. But yeah, we do have that available. And I'll say... I've sat in, I've took a market saddle, and I've sat in it for hour and a half, maybe a little more than that, just sitting in it. And it's definitely, for me, in my opinion, it is miles ahead comfort-wise than that saddle, um, as long as you fully release load off of the bridge of the saddle and get it all into the hammock. Um, but you'll see, you, I don't know a good way to describe it, but it's there's pressure there because essentially what you have, is the saddle in between the hammock and you, right? And so that that hammock material, that ripstop nylon is going to be pushing into the hammock or into the, into the saddle, and it's going to be pushing into you. So you're going to feel some slight discomfort. It's not enough to cause you to shift your weight, if that makes sense, but it's just like this thing that's there. I don't know if that is – it's really hard to describe, but it's still miles ahead, I think, comfort-wise again, my opinion, of, uh, of a
0: traditional saddle. Well, yeah, I mean, it'd be like, you know, sitting on your wallet in your regular saddle or sitting, you know, just sitting on anything else. You know, anything. Where it's gonna be yeah, exactly. You're going to be the, driving those seams and everything into your... The bulk and... Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: All that bulk getting into it. I don't mean to change the subject, but so, like, have you... Obviously, you've done testing and stuff. Um, have you had any, like cold weather sits i mean do you have any issues with like bulky clothes or you know
2: no i I don't see any reason um we did sit through last season we ran these last season and the uh the underquilt is very effective the which i'm hoping i'm I'm got production lined up right now and that's coming down the pipe i promise guys (laughs) um but as far as bulky clothes and stuff uh, the the one thing that i will say. Is if you do wear bulky clothes, you know any anything that's pushing up against your clothes and causing it to push further up against your body is going to be bad for insulation and therefore bad, you know, worse to get cold. Um, that was the reason that we kind of were like, well, we've got to have something. If a guy, if a body's going to be in the winter up in a tree in this thing and he's in cocoon mode or he's got like my favorite position is one shoulder out, one shoulder in, my bow arm is out, my other arm is in. Um, if you're going to be like that, then you're going to be pushing and, and compressing the insulation that is supposed to be your winter clothes. And so, therefore, you're just going to get cold. So, we had to have an answer for that. And thus, you know, we, I mean, we just took from the hammock community and said, oh, So we'll just make an underquilt.
1: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense.
0: So, transitioning into that, like... So let's say that where we've back to the to the salesmanship thing, right? So mm-hmm. we've got people intrigued. They're like, okay, it's not noisy. It's pretty, you know, everybody says it's comfortable. I mean, of course, he's going to say it's comfortable. Um, right. But now, what about shooting out
2: of it? So, oh man, that would been a big e Man, I got so many questions of that and i really just need to make a video of somebody shooting out of it well because, wear
0: a shirt if you do
2: <laughs> uh, you, <laughs> can we go back to that for a minute because that yeah. absolutely cracks me up that because okay so on facebook um i remember like some buddies of mine like posting it up on the saddle forums and um there were every time it got posted and it, maybe it wasn't even a buddy. Like every time it got posted, there were people putting like the emoji icon that was like laughing and I couldn't understand it. And then there were people putting in um like, you know, gifts or whatever that were like people laughing. And I just was like, I don't understand what these guys are laughing at. And then Adam, you called me and told me that. And it was like this light shining on me. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. But the fu- the funny backstory of that is, Um, So my buddy shot that film and he's been doing film since he's like nine. The guy's a legend. But uh, my wife was my, um, what do you say? uh, Wardrobe. Hairstylist. Yes, she was my wardrobe. So I said, baby, I'm going to go make a video, you know, pick me out what I need to wear. And this has some more funny things along with it. But she goes, okay, here's this and this. And so I was like, okay, that's what I'm wearing. I put it on. We go shoot the video. It took, you know, however long. And The video went live and then on saddlehunter.com, there was a thread that got started and the guys on that thread, everybody was going goo goo about my pants and my wife had actually, those are like original, I don't know what year, Winchester size 27, like perfect, my size pants. I can't ever find 27s like those don't exist. And uh, she happened to find those pants. So those are the ones, of course, she put me in the film with and she loves the pattern and the colors. And everybody in that thread was going goo-goo about the pants. And one guy said, this guy needs to stop making saddles and just start making those pants. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole wardrobe in the video, oh, man, it's it's it tears me up. I love it.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I'm looking at it going like, what in the world is going on here? Because, <laughs> you know, just the screenshots, you know, from the you know what John just showed me uh, the video and the video doesn't look nearly as bad as like when you're in the saddle up skyline in the tree and Mm -hmm. it's like
1: you're just sitting there no shirt on (laughs) like Yeah, especially the one where you're looking with the binos and it's like the dude's up oh, there shirtless. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that cracks me up so good. Oh, it tickles me. I'm so glad that happened that way. <laughs> if you know what? It was probably if for anything it was probably good for marketing for people just to get a laugh and be like, Oh yeah, get everybody talking about it, you know? Yeah, hey, get some
1: chairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <It> got me.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I got all you guys. Ah, Inside job.
0: <laughs> so shooting out of this thing, right? what's the oh yeah yeah
2: so shooting out of it no i mean if you think about it okay yeah if you pull that fabric all the way up over your shoulders you can't shoot your bow out of it like guys are complaining about that like how can i shoot a buck how can i shoot a buck out of a cocoon mode i'm like well you you don't i mean you (laughs) i don't know how else to answer that question but if you look at it if you had this thing configured down below your arms of course um and you thought about you just like the way that a regular saddle sits you you have a bridge there right it comes down the same angle all the same angles are there it's the same as shooting out of a of a traditional saddle except you're if you just imagine your little bridge has a little more fabric right there kind of bunched up and there might be some string contact in a harder like really hard shot placements like if you can imagine you're sitting in your saddle you're looking at the tree and you're trying to draw your bow back and shoot right next to the tree, you're probably going to get a little more string contact with the hammock than you would on a traditional saddle. Yeah, there's probably those extremes that exist, but for you know everyday shooting situations, there is no there's no issues with it. Uh, Spencer Valerie, the saddle hunting YouTube guy, real nice guy, stand up honest guy. Shout out to Spencer. Um, he shot his Black Widow like 62 inch. Recurve out of that thing, and he was like, I don't have any problem. So, if he can shoot a 62 inch crazy string angle on a bow out of it,
0: I don't know why anybody would have an issue. And then you got Austin shooting a 28 inch gearhead, gearhead out of it. right? So, right. I mean, you're you, you kind of got all the bases bases yeah, covered the there, bases are covered. So, I'm like, I say, I'm just trying to go through like what questions yeah, is the, the list. listener going to have? Yeah, right? the list, like, mm-hmm. like, what about uh, like color or you know do you just have one option or or you know can you get yes cool you i want like it's got to match my <laughs> pants right <laughs> well got you the the reality the reality of the situation is
2: um you know if you're talking about like custom dye jobs on ripstop nylon that's not going to happen until you know this really takes off and it gets proven and we get this big capital ball where we have enough money to invest in something like that um, but as of right now, that's just not, you know, I got what I can work with and that's basically what's on the market. Um, we're trying to right now, I've got in, in, in hands, the uh, Tory and all those guys. They're go- they've just got and received some camo version and they are going to verify with me and give me the thumbs up that they're okay with the material. Um, and so once I get kind of everybody's thoughts on that, I'm going to have a camo version uh, coming down the pipe soon. and. Yeah. And then I've got that, uh, I've got that leafy material that I'm going to try to sell as an accessory to it, that I'm really excited about it. That's, um, that's like my, that's like my vision for it. So I want to see that. Um, but it's coming. I I I would say if people are concerned about camo, you know, it's going to happen because it is, there is a market force that's driving this right now. I think it is being verified that people do think it's comfortable. People do feel it's safe. Uh, People are liking the product. They, you know, they think it's a, it's well done. Um, there's some issues that are, you know, being ironed out. We just released the, the linesman's loops model, which a lot of guys were saying that they didn't like the way that I was running the, the linesman's loops through the, through the singer center point on the D ring buckle, which I understand,
0: you know, so I had to kind of take that feedback and, and, and respond to it. Sure. And the only reason I ask about camo is not necessarily like a vanity thing, but like for any other traditional saddle, I mean, it's only covering your butt, right? So if you yeah, have this right. thing in this big cocoon mode or you have it pulled up even underneath your shoulders and you've got, mm-hmm. say, two foot of three foot of material just up there in the tree, um, are you have it like, so maybe this would be hard to to notice or verify or whatever. You know, when I think about like, um, I got a eagle's nest, double nest hammock, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember with yours, um, there's a little bit of what I would say like shine to it. Are you, are you having any, have you noticed that? I mean, like I said, it'd be almost hard to, you'd have to have somebody almost sit like out there and look at you from UV
1: reflection or anything like yeah.
0: that.
2: Yeah. Hmm. I don't, uh, uh, no, I mean nobody said anything about that. I the you're talking are you talking about like the typical sheen like you would see on a pitched like tarp or a pitched like tent? Yeah. Yeah. T- no, so that's that that material again. Is it different like that green or the orange even, but uh people are not liking the orange apparently. <laughs> the green is um It's, it's different, man. I don't know how to explain it other than, and it's the first time I got it and felt it, I was like, this is ripstop nylon. There's no way. Um, I don't think people are making tents out of this stuff because this is, this is not a sil poly or a sil nylon or it's not silicone impregnated. There's no DWR treatment, nothing like that on it. Um, so you typically with a tent or a tarp or anything like that, they'll typically coat those things. I don't know if that's where the sheen comes from, but also like the, the feel, like, it almost feels like a well-worn shirt. Uh, that'd be a good way to maybe explain it. It's, it feels very soft. So if that helps you, like, it doesn't, it just doesn't sheen like that. I don't see a sheen on it. I've never had anybody say that it has a sheen on it. I can't see there being one.
1: Right. So it's more of a, it looked, when well, I noticed it up there, it looked kind of like a matte. It didn't, yeah, I, I didn't a notice. Green. Yeah. Yeah.
0: 100%. Yeah, I could. I couldn't remember. I just think of like when I think of hammock material and everything. Like I said, I, I'm I'm really just saying, all right, for someone that wants is is trying to like figure, figure out all the the reasons that you can't use this thing, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm trying to to figure that out.
2: Well, um, like you're hitting every one of them, but that's a new one that I hadn't thought of. So that's that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, definitely is not like it's not it's not a tarp. It's not a tent material.
0: It's it's definitely different. Okay. And then, so you're getting orders for these things. You're getting feedback. Um, you and I had talked about it before, maybe it's changed since then, but like, what is the demographic? I mean, who's buying these things and what's the feedback that you're, you're getting from
2: them? Yeah. I think that's really interesting too. Um, it's, you know, there's a mixture, but it seems predominantly older guys who are uncomfortable, um, like myself, <laughs> uh, uh, and it, It's typically like in the early stages, it was like a lot of guys with back issues were were ordering, and and they were quick to contact me, especially because it was really new. And now uh, it's it's kind of transitioning into I'm not getting a lot of talk initially. I'm still getting a little bit from people who like Facebook message me or just call and talk, but primarily the and I don't know if it's a difference of like younger guys just don't generally do that, or it's like younger guys are. Uh, they see it and they, it's not cool. You know what I mean? And so the older guys are more inclined to be like, I don't care if it's not cool, if it's comfortable and it keeps me in the tree, you know, to get to those twilight hours that I need to, or, you know, get that all day sit that that I don't get to do anymore because, you know, I don't want to carry my climber into this one spot and a traditional saddle just hurts too much and I literally can't do, I physically can't do it. There's those guys that are really, like probably driving this market right now for me, I think, um, or driving this company, I want to say. So yeah, I, I think it's them. I honestly think it's them.
0: And now are you having guys again? I, I'm, I'm going through my list here of, you know, who are these guys that are out there? Um, mm-hmm. are you having one stickers, um, SRT guys, are there people repelling? Yeah, this.
2: definitely, man. Yeah, definitely. I've uh, they've actually been like the SRT and the one stick guys have been probably the most. Um, uh, what would you say? I got like the most feedback from them because it it it's there's a lot of well, I don't know if a lot, but there's pain points that that okay. So like you you should probably if you're climbing with the SRT doing SRT, you would want to deploy the hammock material because. If you're just hooked into your main line and coming off a D ring and you're using the harness, the leg straps are like only one inch. So they're going to dig into you pretty good. And then the weight distribution isn't great either. So there's some kinks there that maybe potentially in the future we can work out and kind of have an SRT model or something. Um, but there are guys that are SRT and that are doing it with the hammock deployed and they don't have a problem. Uh, one fellow was telling me that he... So he was using a mad rock to, 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 or one stick up, and then he would repel with the mad rock, uh, which is quite a thing now, I guess. That's mm-hmm. getting pretty popular. Are you doing that, John? No. <laughs> I, don't know. I I figured you were a stick guy, yeah. Well, <laughs> Next yeah. So.
1: I used the wild edge steps, then now I've got the Timber Ninja sticks, which I really like. But yeah. Oh, uh, man, I was just
2: talking about the Timber Ninjas. I really want to get a set of those.
1: There's no way in hell I'm doing one stick.
2: Nope. yeah i don't blame you i don't blame it i'm a small guy and i haven't tried it i actually got sent somebody sent me a one stick and they're like you got to try it out and i'm like okay well i got to understand the problems that are people are having and i um i haven't got to it yet i've been too busy but um like i was saying that one guy he was having the issue uh with the mad rock he was saying because the hammock material is so big it makes your bridge extra long right if that makes sense so for him to, even if he tightens up the the adjustable bridge on the hammock all the way down and he's he's clipped into his Mad Rock, in order for him to actuate the Mad Rock, he has to extend his arm out a little more than he's, he, he likes to. And so he said that's a little bit of a pain point for him, um, and he didn't like that too much. So one stick, guys, if you're repelling with a Mad Rock, that might be the case for you. Maybe he's got short arms. I don't know his body type, but. But, um, yeah, yeah, there's SRT guys doing it. There's one stick guys doing it. And, you know, there's, there's issues to be ironed out for sure in that, in that arena, I think. Yeah. I mean, I I will say, I will say this, um, like Spencer said, and I've had multiple people say when one sticking with the hammock deployed, when you go to reach down and get your stick, you know, like maybe you got a cam cleat or whatever you're using to pop that uh, string out. When you lean down, you'll get a lot more support out of a big hammock. Like, you know, you're not going to feel like you're falling out of your, your a traditional saddle. You're you're gonna have all this fabric there, just like holding you up, so you can just kind of hang there and twiddle with, with your thumbs.
0: Cool. Yeah. I don't know. I wanted to do this podcast, like I said. You know, we try not to just do product podcasts and everything like this, but you know, we you know have tried, like I say, just about every saddle. We're you know we have tried the saddle. I've, I'd be I'd be interested to know, like how many other like podcast guys or whatever are like like all right well every saddle on the market we want to try it so we can <laughs> so we can actually talk about it you know yeah. to, to to be able to have that conversation of uh, of saying like instead of saying well what about this or what about that like you know, when I was in it, this is what I felt, and these are the problems that I had. And mm-hmm. then, then oh look, it wasn't even set up yeah. correctly. So yeah, <laughs> I can see yeah.
2: that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but,
0: yeah. That's been a big deal,
2: like in the beginning stages, because this system tends to like a low tether, and I can't. There were so many people like, oh, I'm having thigh pressure on the inner, and I'm, I am look at the picture, and the tether's like three foot above their head, and I'm like, yeah, bring, bring it way down, bring it way down. Uh, yeah. So what, what was your experience at? I'm like. Cause I, like I said, I haven't tried every saddle on the market. Um, did you land on one particular that you like? And I'm not, you know, asking you to like, maybe put your, <laughs> put your, uh, chips into one stack here and try to sway the audience or anything like that. But, um, you know, what was your experience in trying all those different saddles out and like kind of narrowing it down for yourself? Was there, was there anything that like specifically drew you to one or the other?
0: No, um, not at all. Um, I, Have like so when I ask people, like, because every day on Facebook or wherever, you know, people are like, What do you think about this saddle? What do you think about this saddle? Right. And then you have this horde of people saying, This saddle's the best saddle ever. This saddle's the best saddle ever. So I don't even chime in and ask anybody or like an answer because I always message them and I say, What is your hunting style? And what saddles do you have experience with? And what was your experience? Because going from a 25-pound climber to any saddle on the market is going to be night and day difference. And then you're going to hunt in that saddle for a year or maybe five all-day sits And in that time, you're gonna sit and you're gonna say, "Man, I got a little bit of pressure here, or I I don't really like this, or I wish I would change that." And you know that's how Tethered came about. And then that, then when Tethered made started making changes and kind of created or invigorated the market, everybody else said, "Well, this is what I don't." I guess I would say like kind of everybody, but. Arrow Hunter, Arrow hunters like, we're going to do our own damn thing. Yeah. Um, they're, <laughs> well, they've been there since the beginning, doing right. their own damn thing. <laughs> but, but then everybody says, well, this is what I don't like about tethered or whatever. And so for me, it goes to price and that, like what,
2: mm-hmm.
0: how much you're really willing to invest in this? Because if you're coming from a climber, well, now you got to buy sticks and what do you do for a platform? And like, how do I do ropes and SRT and, you know one sticking and you know there's those sticks are $150 a piece like what like you know so I just try and get like an overall budget from like what guys are saying like so for me I hunted out of uh the Mantis then the regular trophy line then the Phantom uh then I hunted most of the year with the Latitude Classic and then I hunted out of the um, the trophy line covert light mm-hmm. and personally like i see very little difference between the latitude classic and the tethered phantom i think mm-hmm. that they're both a great saddle but the latitude classic is like 50 or 75 cheaper so mm-hmm. that's a couple pouches that's you know uh, half of a Timber Ninja stick I mean like like uh, how, however however you want <laughs> like how to that. view that but but then like some people don't want that some people want to like the original trophy line guys they want you know they like sitting in that hammock like hammock style saddle right they mm-hmm. like they like it wrapping around them and they like that feel so the Covert Light does that but I think the Cruiser XC has that Feel to it as well. But now yep. you're going up another 50 or 70 bucks and then that, that doesn't even come with an adjustable bridge. So you have to pay yep. another 30 bucks for that. So yep. it, it, it's an impossible question to just say like, that's the one. Right. Like if, if you have like an unlimited budget and you don't know what you want, I don't think you can go wrong with the cruiser XC because you're going to get kind of the whole balance of of that but if you have a limited budget that latitude classic is a phenomenal saddle as well as like that covert light almost makes it better because trophy line offers codes so you can get you know 20 bucks off of their off, 200 hundred right. dollar saddle and it comes with two pouches where even if you buy <laughs> amazon pouches they're 20 bucks so yeah which which
2: you know is interesting too is uh,
0: what I think about is like
2: when you talking about all these saddles is, you know, I, I think they're all great saddles. Like you said, if you're coming from a 25 pound climber and you go, <laughs> and you go sit in one of these things, the compactability of it, um, comfort be damned. It's, it's, it's going to be a better system. So the fact that we have so many options and choices on the market is still kind of blind, mind blown to me. And I, I wonder even myself as now a manufacturer and and a retailer in this space, I wonder like the future, like what happens in this space, you know, do companies conglomerate do, you know, how does this thing flesh out? It's really interesting and a really cool time period to be in and watching this market thrive and potentially, you know, become something else.
0: Well, I guess I'll kind of like twist that question on you because you said it's an interesting thing, but like I've had this question posed to me and almost like as a, as a statement, but so do you think because, because of what you had said earlier about young guys just wanting to be cool? Like, Mm -hmm. do you think that the, this hardcore like mobile hunting attitude is something that is so hard that it's going to fade out? Like everybody's seeing the saddle as, the the tool that's going to get it done rather than their time or effort or skills
2: (laughs) that was going back to that what was that a couple of uh, podcasts you had ago that was uh woodsmanship episode yeah 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 yeah, it was really good I, i enjoyed that talk yeah i i i don't know man i don't i really honestly don't know i i think it's 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 fun it's definitely fun um You know, I don't want to be an old guy. You know what I mean? Like being like, get off my lawn and like back when I was using climbers, you know what I mean? (laughs) I I don't want to be that guy. Um, and I like to keep kind of things fresh. It's hard to say, like, to somebody who has no, say it's a new guy coming into the sport, right? And, and they're looking at this thing. It's like, it's, it's going to hard for me to be like, well, just go buy a climber or, you know, so you need that experience to go buy a climber or you need the experience of, Uh, whatever to make you a better hunter. Um, I think the tools and the gear and the stuff like that is, is somewhat meaningless. Um, I think, you know, maybe to an extent, it's meaningless. Like you're saying, like it's the woodsmanship and the ability to like maybe track a big buck or, you know, figure out what the deer are doing or how they're moving or the topology of the land or the native browse being able to identify plants, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, how does that plug in and play with what we have now, which is this like highly, you know, in your face marketed thing, you know, does does it continue existing like that? And I don't know, but I, I do know it's fun. And I, I if a guy comes to me and he's like, hey, what should I get or what should I do or whatever I'm going to get? I'm going to say, here's all your options. You know, you're going to have to pick and balance between all these like the infamous triangle, you know, quality. Um, price, you know, comfort, et cetera, et cetera. You can break that into whatever three groups you want to. Um, but, you know, I don't, that was, that's kind of my question is like, where's the market going? What's going to happen to it? But it, is it going to fade? I don't think so. I think saddle hunting is here to stay for certain. Um, I think it's too usable as a product. And I think you're seeing, you're seeing that like, it's something that I think I've never seen in my life before. Is the creation of this market and something that is so quickly, you know, how fast did Tether become this giant? You know what I mean, like this gener, this revenue generating giant. Like how fast did they become that? I've n- I don't think I've ever seen a company do that. Like, and I, I don't, maybe I've seen it, but I've never really been like so involved with it. You know what I mean, from a consumer level, it's like watching it, especially in a retail environment. So I think it's here to stay. I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, you know, whether like one sticking is a fad or not is yet <laughs> to be seen. Uh, you know, I think that potentially could go away. I think SRT as a being maybe a viable option. I'm not saying like SRT guys are bad or wrong. Um, but if it, it might just boil down to like, oh, you know, that's been tried before or whatever. One sticking's been tried or it kind of just has fatted. And then it falls out of existence that everybody's running timber ninjas or something i you know i don't I don't know, but I do think saddles are here to stay, no doubt about it in my mind
0: well I think about it from the like the standpoint of what you said about tethered kind of made me think of things in like a little bit different light is like now it's it's almost. I don't want to say like mainstream or, Mm -hmm. but it's more okay to be not okay with the products that are available. So you, you think back to like, Mm -hmm. like Andre DeQuisto, right. And lone wolf Mm -hmm. back in the day, you know, what were the options TSS and Baker climbers and stuff. And so going to, you know, a cast aluminum stand and, changing to a mobile hunting stand that he wanted and then in the tree stand market you know forever it was i mean back like i remember my dad hunting from a baker and you know frank and john and all those guys with you know build your own tss in the garage and make them they had them that were welded out of metal that they were going to make better and 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 all these things and then It went to the Loggy Bayous and, you know, that was the the thing. And and then, you know, Summit kind of improved upon that. But up past that, other than like Lone Wolf and the cast ones, we were just relegated to the fact that that was it. You know, Summit just made a better one, but nobody changed that game. Like we just were okay, this is what we're stuck with. And now with all the saddles and all of the, you know, tether just said, we're not okay with the saddle options that are out there. We're going to do this. And I think by them being such a success, it's okay to say, well, this is what I don't like about the phantom and I'm going to make a better one or, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it's kind of opened the doors for, you know, for your saddle uh, amongst any of the other ones. But for you to say, I'm making this for myself, but, you know, there's other guys that have liked it and we, you know, that we're testing it and whatever. And so this is an option for guys like me that, you know, and I think that that's more of what it's done for like the future of, of saddle hunting is or maybe even hunting in general is to just say that it's okay to be like, well, I want something better, right, like not satisfied. we're, we're going to figure it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with the, I mean, we're seeing that with climbing sticks in the, you know, all the premium sticks that are out there. Um, you know, how, how far has that come right now? We're down to sticks that weigh a pound or you know, one and a half pounds.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know, the other, the other thing that gets me to is, is, um, I've said this online to guys on Facebook before too, because they, I was getting a lot of flack on there. And it's back when I was first started saddle hunting, um, it was not mainstream at all. And I, you know, we say mainstream. um, I don't know if it is or not. You know, I I think it is. (laughs) I'm not sure. I mean, it's on. You know, hunting public is wearing saddles. Tether's got them. Tether's got everybody on YouTube wrapped up, and YouTube is like the future, right? So even though maybe it's not on TV, quote unquote. Uh, It's still on TV. It's on YouTube. It's on these major channels that are getting major views. Um, So technically, it is mainstream. But back when I first started hunting, and probably you too, um, you know, saddles were different. And I kind of didn't necessarily have to hide it. I mean, I did if I didn't want to get ridiculed. But, you know, public land hunter here who, you know, if, if anybody sees me walking out with a saddle or they see me up in a tree with a saddle back then, they're gonna be like, what in the world? Who is this dude? What is he doing? He's gonna kill himself. This guy's dumb. They're gonna, you know, it's ridicule. It's this. It's that. Um, and so I'm super thankful for tethered that I don't have to experience that anymore. <laughs> but now I put myself in a position where I do because everybody online's like, who would hunt from us? Now, now we have to get ridiculed for hunting from hammocks or whatever, you know. <laughs> and so I'm getting. <laughs> so now I'm like, I've did it to myself. So like, I've changed it too much. You know if that makes sense, where people are like, "Oh, different, it's something different," you know. But let's ridicule it. But yeah, I'm 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 real happy that uh, I don't have to get ridiculed for saddle hunting anymore.
0: Hmm. Well, it sounds like you're getting some really good feedback, and like I said, it, I mean, I, I, I it's probably more powerful uh, that John says that he was surprised, <laughs> like that he was, <laughs> you know, because for me, like I said, it's just like, "Ooh, pretty, look at that!" Like,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, John. I really appreciate yeah. that, man. That means, that means a lot.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, like I said, it was comfortable. I, uh, I'd have to admit that. Um, so I'm going to switch up. What, what the question I always ask our uh, guests, what bow are you shooting? What's your setup?
2: All right. So you guys are going to be like, who this guy's living in the stone age. I've, I've got an old BTX. Um, I've been shooting a, uh b t x twenty eight it's a botech b t x twenty eight uh binary cam system and i just i love votech stuff and I have been tweaking their cams their binary cams for a couple seasons now and I got real good and invested a lot of time and being able to modify it and tune it and um play with it a lot so I kind of just haven't upgraded and I'm due one I'm doing upgrade definitely my wife tried to get me one to buy one last season and I said no no I'm gonna hold out um I was looking at the new Matthews, but, um, yeah, I'm still shooting this old, I'm sh- still shooting this old BoTech man. Uh,
1: but I love them. I have gotta, you, I gotta say, I say I love them. Now what the PTX, what, about what year was that one?
2: Oh God, I don't know. That was 2018, uh, 19, something like that I want to say.
1: Okay. That you didn't have, you haven't had any troubles with the limbs in that one at all.
2: No, actually I had a, an RPM 360 that yeah. blew a limb on me. Um, but I think that, I think actually the BTX 28 had some issues, but I never, I haven't had, ex- I haven't experienced that myself.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I actually switched over to the Bowtech, the new Revolt X, well, it came out last year, but since I'm, you know, six, three and got, you know, monkey arms, I have to go with a little bit. I like a longer <laughs> axle to axle, and longer draw length, but
2: mm-hmm. yeah. we
1: did shoot the, I shot the, the new solution SS, the super smooth, and it's only thirty inches axle to axle. It does go out to thirty one straw length, but that thing was that thing shot lights out. It was it lived up yeah. to its name, super smooth. So if you I like BoTech, it. that'd be a good one to shoot.
2: I uh, do, yeah. I do. I love BoTech. I, I used to be a real big Matthews guy, and Dad brought us up on Matthews. Um, and I've been eyeing their like VTX and stuff like that, but the BoTech. I don't know. I just think. You know they they did have issues they've had issues but um, they're I think their uh, their technology is like they're just they're just on point I think technology wise I just love their cams and everything they come up with I've, I've been a fan of
1: oh yeah and the like I said with that Revolt X and the solution the uh, the new deadlock adjustable uh, yeah, cam man. system oh that
2: stuff looks slick
1: it it literally takes you a, an a, Allen wrench right yeah Allen wrench uh, I was, before we went up to the total archery challenge, we were at the club shooting. Or actually, yeah, it was right before. And, uh, I was tuning my bow and another one of our buddies was there and he was tuning his, which I have a, I still have my old Hoyt double XL, which is a great shooting bow, but you got to put it in the press, put some twist in the yoke and this and that. Mm-hmm. And he's going back and forth to the bow press and, while we we're paper tuning, i just stood right there took the re- allen wrench out ch- ch- took you know two turns and bam bullet hole you know i, like, <laughs> I didn't even have to walk yeah. all the way back to the press
2: oh yeah man that must be so cool because me and my brother have been tuning these botex for the past like three seasons or something you know like Legitimately getting out and, you know, spending a lot of time on them. And my, we both, when we saw that, uh, that technology come out, we both like immediately emailed each other. We're like, are you seeing this? We don't, we don't have to have a press anymore. Well, I mean, other than strings.
1: Right. But yeah. So what arrows in sight are you shooting? Rest.
2: Uh, so I've got a limb driver that I'm going to try out this year. It's the, uh, the Vapor Trail. And, uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm too excited about it. I love my my QAD dropaways. They've been so just money for me all the time, and they never fail. Mm-hmm. Um, but my arrows, oh, let me pull one out of the box. I don't even remember what they're called. They're ki- I know, I do. They're kinetic chaos. So that's what I've been running. Um, nothing fancy, nothing special. Uh, an arrow that I bought. I, I I found them. I love them, and I bought a ton of them. So I've just got them sitting uncut on the shelf, and I can cut as many as I want. Um, you know, cut an arrow in half. They should, <laughs> they should. They really should make like you know a cheaper arrow for the small guys like us, because you know we don't need much. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you about my broadhead if you're interested in that. I've been running a. Uh, I've been running actually. I was a big fan of the VPA uh, two blades and I've been running those for years now um, before Ranch Ferry and before all that. My brother actually, uh, he would, of course, he introduced me to Saddle hunting. He introduced me to Dr. Ashby mm-hmm. um, and back then. And he was like, he he's run, man, he runs like he he'll run a 300 VPA two blade on the front of his. Um, like he's shooting a Cape Buffalo in Tennessee, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'm like, that's a little much for me, especially because I'm a, my brother's got a way bigger wingspan than me. And I'm my arrow, my, my draw is probably like 26 and a half. Like it's, and that's probably pushing it. Um, so my arrows are small. Um, and so my, my trajectory suffers a lot when I start really ratcheting up the weight. So, um, what I decided to do was drop that weight down a little bit. And I was running a 200 grain VPA on the front and I had great success with it. Um, but I I did, I was getting like some erratic flight, you know, getting out towards 30 yards, um, which I generally don't take those shots on deer anyway. They don't display themselves um, here in Tennessee where I hunt. Uh, you know, it's usually inside of 20. But um, I was getting some erratic flight at 30 and I thought, man, let me play around with my arrow a bit. And so last year I ended up, doing uh my thought was was the 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 surface edge the surface area on the blade was because it's a it was a 200 grain head it's definitely it's going to be bigger right so you're going to have more surface area on there and it's going to plane more i think because you have more surface area out front Mm -hmm. so what i did was i took that weight and i just put it in inserts and then i run a 125 head instead and there's a company i don't know if you've ever seen them um they were selling them on eBay. It's called Alien Archery. Have you ever heard of them?
1: Hmm. I've seen something from them, but I didn't look into it. But I, that. Yes.
2: So they've got a um, two-piece, um, and they've, ju- they've come out with a couple different models this year. And you used to be able to buy them on eBay for like – you could get seven or eight of them, I think. You would throw in a pack for like 55 bucks. And these are little like inch and a quarter wide, um, probably an inch tall single bevels, and they are the meanest little darts. There's a guy, I wish I knew his name on YouTube, who did a broadhead archery uh, test, and he got, like, insanely detailed. I mean, putting that thing on a hooter shooter and shooting it in just, you know, very good conditions. Like, inside, he rented a big warehouse. He did all these crazy tests, and these little uh, alien archery heads ended up, like, really high on the list. And for the price, they're just like super unbeatable. But I checked again this year and you can't get them on eBay. You got to get them uh, on his website. But you can still get them for like, I think a six pack now is like 68 bucks or something. But I mean, for the price and what they are, I shot a couple deer. Um, I've shot a couple deer so far with them. I shot a doe last season and blew through both of her shoulders and left silver dollar size holes just all the way through, through and through and just dropped her in her tracks. So I love a, I love a single, a single bevel, uh, little dart is basically what I'm running. Cool.
0: That's not like a great option for the, for the price. I mean, like now single bevel broadheads are, you know, 30 bucks a piece you know? Yeah.
2: I, and I'll, i man, I'll lose them. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, I'm not trying to shoot $30 into the woods, you know, every time you add up the arrow cost, you know, and all the time and effort energy you put into it. And it hurts to lose an arrow, but goodness gracious. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. That was me. at total archery challenge. I was shooting. I mean, the inserts were three bucks. So I'm sending. Them. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> <laughs> yeah you forget know the all pain. the rest of it oh yeah, yeah. you know the
2: thing uh, what about you guys what are you guys running for heads
1: well i'm still shooting just the old i had slick tricks uh the old muzzy trail cars um and then i still have a couple of the expandable like the old hypodermics that i'll throw at a deer mm-hmm. um, but i'm shooting you know i'm shooting the eastern axis either a 300 or a 260 with 50 grains of brass up front and my arrows are still, you know, they're like 540 grains usually. So, I'm, you know, I that's don't. Plenty of mass. Yeah. That's a ton of mass, you know, and so I haven't really played around with the, the ranch. Fairy. We've talked to the ranch fairy, hung out with them and stuff, but I haven't drank the ranch fairy, you know, I haven't got the, the fairy dust yet. So, <laughs> yeah, I shot the Steel
0: Force two blades with the the bleeders 125s last year, and I'm I'm embarrassed, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I was just thinking about it when you're talking about broadheads. I I was poking around on the Day Six website, and I was like trying to see if a code still worked that I had and I accidentally bought a six-pack of the 125-grain Broadheads without the freaking code. So I (laughs) I bought $200 worth of freaking Broadheads on accident. And I'm like, oh, my God. And they still haven't showed up yet. Oh, Oh, man. I'm like, what the hell? So I'm (laughs) I'm even second-guessing it because I'm like, did I really do that? Because I just wanted to, like, check the price. And it's like, thank you for your order. It's like, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> they got some Swift stuff going on on their website, don't they? Uh, oh my gosh. So you need to get that technology. You need to get a hold. Yeah. Of yeah. Brian. <laughs> well, right there
2: ha-
0: <laughs> <laughs> they call that a sales funnel. No, it's not a sales funnel.
2: That's a, a force. It's a sales force.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. I'm, I, I just, I couldn't believe that it happened, but it
1: was like, I don't know how to cancel it. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll. Shooting some of those issues. <laughs> shooting those,
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, last year was a tough year, though, with trying to just get stuff, too. I, oh, there yeah. was a couple that I was looking at, and it was like sold out, sold out, sold out, you know. Well, and, yeah, and I was going
0: to shoot cutthroats last year, and they were like they were like 60 bucks, And then, like, when they came back available, they were like, by the time you got done with shipping and everything, it was like over $100 for three broadheads. And I was like, ah, no. No, nah, I just blew that out of the water but don't get the cut anyway get the uh did you see vpa
2: just released a new model ah oh, what's it called it's a, it's a it's a it's a single bevel
1: hmm is it
2: yeah vpa single oh, I'm looking it up right now pa- there's a patriot edition 200 green yeah non-vented cts single bevel it looks really slick i thought about buying one actually
0: well like so that's another one of the things like for, like, our podcast and, like, our listeners and stuff is, like, going back to that woodsmanship versus gear versus whatever, um, right. it, it ends up being, like, a, a value-based, you know, like, you know, John and I joke, but, like, people kill deer with rocks, you <laughs> know, like, so you're going to spend you know $50 on a single broadhead that you know that and that's one of the things that Ranch Ready does really well with the the Magnus stuff and their warranty and and everything and it sounds like those alienware you know alien archery broadheads for the money i mean man that's like everything that everybody's looking for and like nobody knows anything about them so I think that's that's awesome i'm not
2: affiliated in any way with those guys i just i i happened to come up on them from that one guy I wish I knew his name cause I, so I could give him a shout out. Um, if you just do like broadhead tests on archery, eventually if you slew through enough, you'd probably find him. Um, but yeah, man, that's, uh, you know, that woodsmanship versus, uh, product debate, you know, it's hard because they kind of one feeds the other, you know what I mean? Like they're almost a necessary evil in a sense, I guess, but it, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not dependent on deer hunting for living. You know what I mean? Like we live in a society that allows us the ability to do still do this and it allows us to like open the doors to have more fun in our hobby. Right. So the guy that's like heavily invested in buck hunting and, you know, hunting that singular buck that he's got on camera that he knows about in a particular spot, and you know, that guy doesn't necessarily reflect the whole market. You know, I, the whole market probably is more or the the vast majority of the market is more probably in line with, I just want to have a good time, go hunting, kill some deer, enjoy my process, enjoy the experience, have fun at deer camp, whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a hard line to draw, I guess.
0: Well, I think it goes back to the saddle thing or or like, you know, the progression of a hunter or however you want to do it. But it's like, what are your, what are your problems? And was there something that caused you not to kill a deer or was <laughs> there an issue that allowed you not to stay out there longer or, you know, whatever. So it wasn't your cam- camel pattern more than likely that caused you not to kill a deer. It wasn't the fact that you hunted out of, you know, a tree stand versus a saddle. It was probably... You know, unless there's like a big comfort issue or squeaks and creaks, but that's like, you know, you have to be out there. You you know, you have to be out there to, to figure that stuff out. But, you know, if you, it kind of goes back to your both type thing. Like if you killed deer with that bow last year and you didn't have any sort of issues and. Why would I switch? Why would you switch? And same thing, you shot deer with those heads, with those arrows you know, when they were, it was working for you and you had no reason to switch. Now Mm -hmm. it could could be argued that, you know, John and I are trying to provide information or our opinion for other guys answering questions that we get posed, but, you know, there's no reason that I needed to switch up anything from what I did last year, um, for the most part.
2: It's fun though, isn't it?
0: Oh Yeah. Yeah, and that, There's something that, to be said about that. But that's where John and I differ because he's like I, I, I'm buying this and I'm sticking with it and I'm only doing this. Like, <laughs> he's a practical not, guy, John.
1: That's not true though. I switch bows every year. You've been shooting the same I know, but <laughs> you shoot the same arrows, the same fletchings. You know,
0: you're like, All right, well, I'm gonna put three more fletchings on these. I'm gonna shoot six fletch. I'm gonna see if I can get eight fletches on this one. But you know, that's where he has fun. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I think everybody's got that like I think it's just part of an individual to want to push themselves in every direction, you know, and kind of play with, like, how far can I push my arrow to get to the point where I'm blasting through a deer, no problem pass through, he doesn't even know it hits it, you know what I mean, versus an expandable that blows up on him and he spooks out of the nation. Yeah. Like, how far do you want to go with that? Or how far do you want to go with your saddle? Like, how far do you want to go to get the most comfort you can? How many saddles do you want to go? You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, it's almost like you could take a product or any of these products that are on the market and you can go, you know, as long as there's a big enough market and enough, you know, material to work with, you can, you can try to, it's almost like killing that buck, right? It's like, how comfortable can I get? (laughs) How big a deer can I kill? How badass of an arrow can I build? You know what I mean? I don't know. It's all kind of tied up in there, I think.
0: Well, I think also, like, some of it, the gear side, right? It's a lot easier to order a new saddle. It's way easier. Or build a bigger arrow than it is to kill a bigger deer. 100% true. And and so, it. (laughs) Maybe that there's probably some...
2: answers the question right there. Like right. Why? Because why? It's, it's easier.
0: Right. I mean, that yeah. internal validation is like, well, I didn't shoot anything, but look at my setup. Yeah. <laughs> look at I look how I got, good I got,
2: doing it. I've got, <laughs> <laughs> I've got my setup so dialed in. If that deer did walk by me, he's dead. He's dead.
1: Right. <laughs> well, if I didn't have to work
0: so much to pay for all of the... Yeah I, bought, exactly. I would, yeah I would have been out there but you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's funny that is funny. it's a catch 22 there isn't it So where can people follow along with like what you're doing or get information or how do they reach out to you if they've got questions about this crazy hammock saddle thing? Well
2: uh, our our all the all the likely culprits Instagram dried Saddles it's at dried Saddles. Uh, the website is just dryad saddles.com youtube i think is just called dryad or if you search for our dryad saddles on there it'll pop up um and you know go to the contact page on the website give me a call i'm always willing to sit down for a couple hours and talk to somebody (laughs) um i you know i I, i'm bad about that my wife is always harping on me she's like you need to get off the phone and do some work i'm like yeah i know baby i got somebody to talk to (laughs) so i'm bad about talking somebody's ears off as you can tell uh but yeah, yeah, I mean, like I said, anybody who wants to contact and talk to me, if you're skeptical, if you're, you know, whatever, if you just want to shoot the shit and talk about whatever, I'm, I'm here for you, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to push anybody's uh, any, any product down anybody's throat. You know, I just, I, I thought I had a good product. I thought it was comfortable and, you know, I thought, Hey, maybe i maybe everybody else will like it.
0: Awesome, man. Well, we really appreciate you coming on here, I think that's kind of all we got for the evening.
2: Okay, well, thanks for having me, guys, and John, uh, thanks for uh, uh, sitting in my product and giving me uh, your your nod, the John nod, I guess I'll call it. (laughs) No problem. (laughs)